Hello, welcome to this Tuesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. And now in case anyone is not aware, yes, we've hit the big lull of the NHL offseason where there could be stuff that happens, but there's maybe only going to be like one thing every five days or something every week. So, I mean, there's obviously not much to talk about in Penguin Land right now. I've talked on and on and on about the signings and the free agency and the trades that this team has done. I am honestly just burnt out talking about it at this point because there's honestly like no other angles to cover with it. We know how this team is going to look into going into next season. We know that this team could still be a Stanley Cup contender. We're just going to have to see how these signings and trades pay off for them and if Jim Rutherford made a few more mistakes. But for today's episode, it's going to be a bit different, and for a lot of this week and next week, it's going to be different too. After next week, they're going. we're going to be going, I believe, to three episodes a week starting in November as, like I said, the offseason is in full swing now. And if there's a signing, it'll happen once every five days or something like that. So, But for today, we're going to talk about the World Juniors. Um, I think they're starting in the end of December. The rosters have not been announced yet. Camps haven't been announced yet. But um, you, know, you can look at some projected lineups and see which Penguins are going to be on which teams for the World Junior Championships. Uh, in recent years, I've been getting into it more. I'm not always familiar with a lot of prospects on these teams, but I do want to follow it more and see how good a lot of these prospects are and are going to be um, for their respective NHL clubs and those who are also not drafted because there's going to be a lot of players on those teams who are not part of NHL clubs. So I just, I want to follow a lot more, but we'll be talking about that today. Um, Also in the next segment, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Blackhawks letter to their fans today saying they're going to rebuild and how it's probably going to be sooner rather than later when Mario Lemieux and Ron Burke will send that out. So we're going to touch on that in the next segment. And then in the final segment, we're just going to have some mailbag questions um, that are coming from the listeners. So start out, yes, the schedule for the World Junior Championships came out. I believe it was yesterday, um, just going to Hockey Canada's site. I I think they start, uh, I'm just trying to make sure I have this right. I think it's so three games a day from December 25th to New Year's Eve, which is, of course, December 31st. There's there's going to be a two-game day on December 28th, and then once that's done, the playoff schedule Looks the same as it has been in recent years for those that follow it. Four quarter fi- four quarterfinals will be on January 2nd of next year. The semifinals on January 4th. And then the medal games would be on January 5th. Um, obviously, Team Canada is going to be the team to beat. They are absolutely loaded. You know, you could look at the, some of their projected lineups. I mean, Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, Quentin Byfield, who of course went number two overall. Connor McMichael of the Washington Capitals, Adam Beckman, Dawson Mercer, Sam Pulin is probably going to be on this team. I would expect him to be, I would think, in the top nine. I mean, maybe they'll put him in the top six. I have no idea, but he's one of Canada's better forwards. He's probably not going to be on the first line with New Hook, Krebs, and Dylan Cousins, but to see him maybe on the second line with Byfield or on the third line maybe with um, Cole Perfetti would not be surprised to see that at all. Then on defense for Canada, I mean, Bowen Byram of Colorado, he's going to be called up, I think, potentially this season. He's he's the real deal. Thomas Harley, Jamie Drysdale, Jordan Spence of Los Angeles. I mean, it's the list goes on and on for Canada. They're, they're going to be the team to beat. And for um, another Penguin that probably will be in the World Junior Championships, uh, Joel Blum- Blumquist, who the Penguins took with their first pick in this year's draft, he's going to be Team Finland's starting goaltender. 
I would think. You know, I was reading uh, Dauber Hockey's um, just breakdown of their projected roster, and this was written by, um, I'm totally going to mispronounce his last name. I, I'm totally going to mispronounce his name. I'm hoping not. Yoki Nevelinen, who's the head, I think, of the scouting for this. I uh, definitely follow him on Twitter at J-O-K-K-E, and then Nevelinen, he does a great job for this. He basically says, Blumquist is the obvious choice for the starting goaltender, even though he is the youngest of the three options. He still has had great success at every level, and this will be just a new challenge for him to overcome. So I'd be curious to see how he goes up against the two powerhouses in Canada and the United States with the firepower, with the firepower that they have. Russia's also up there. They're very good as well. So it would be interesting to see just how he plays at that international level. It would obviously be like the highest hockey level of hockey that he's played in. So, you know, this will be a big test for him for his career. So I'm definitely excited to watch him if he is named the starting goaltender. So that's two Penguins that are definitely projected to be on a couple World Junior Championship rosters. I would be surprised if those two didn't get on. I mean, there's a couple others that maybe get on. I mean, Nathan Legary maybe a bit of a stretch to get on Team Canada's roster with how stacked they are. Wouldn't expect it. I mean, Caulfield as well from the Penguins probably won't happen with how stacked they are. But, you know, there is one more player that definitely could get on a roster, but he's not going to be the starting goaltender. And that's a goalie that they also took in this year's NHL draft by the name of Callie Klang. I mean, he's definitely, he would probably be, I think, the third goaltender, you know, looking at these projected rosters. I mean, Jesper Walstead is going to be on there. I mean, Hugo Alfenifeld, I think that's his last name. If I mispronounce that last name, I 100% apologize. He would. It looks like he would be the early favorite to start, but I mean, if if not, he doesn't go back. It would be Jesper Waldstedt starting, and then Kelly Kling backing him up. So. I think what you're looking at, definitely two Penguins that are going to be playing in the World Junior Championships, and then another that will likely be on the bench. So three total, I think, from the Penguins. It's a bit low compared to a lot of other teams that have much better prospects in their system. But still, I think it would be around three Penguins that would represent um, the organization in the World Junior Championships, unless Canada, like I said, takes Legary or Caulfield. And they even have the schedule out already, just with like like the different um, teams that are going to be playing each other. Um, December 25th, the USA will play Russia. The next day, they'll play Austria. And then when I get to the rest of their schedule, December 29th would be the Czech Republic. And then on New Year's Eve, they would play Sweden. So Group B, Austria, the Czech Republic, Russia, Sweden, and the United States. That is the group of death, if I had to say. And then in Group A... Uh, Canada, on December 26th, they will play Germany. 27th, will play Slovakia. Then Switzerland, and then Finland. So in their group, it's not nearly a group of death as Group B is with, you know, Russia, Sweden, and the United States. But they still have Finland in there, who is always a tough out in the World Junior Championships. And hell, they're always a tough out in the regular Olympics as well. So can't wait for that to happen. Some hockey around Christmas time. I'm sure the games will be during the day. Again, that's great. I love having hockey around during the holidays. And, you know, that could be starting right before the NHL season starts. I know they want to start it around New Year's Day. Hopefully with the Winter Classic, we'll see if that's going to happen. There was also talk, I think, last week that they may be doing a Canadian division, doing some realignment for next season. I honestly don't think they're going to be doing a full 82 games, but we'll talk about that when there's an official announcement or when it gets closer to the start of the season. But before we get to our next segment of this episode, it's time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselves. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com 
autopilot.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. And we cannot forget about BuiltGo. You know, there's plenty of walls that you have to break down to start your day or, you know, even throughout your day. Whether that's just getting up for work in the morning, get it powering through your work day. BuiltGo, it is the healthier replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Whether it's for a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every day. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your pocket to get throughout the day. You can also put it in your golf bag. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. There's an offer. You can go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So, Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So earlier today, the Chicago Blackhawks they did release a pretty big statement to their fans. I think this had been coming for the last couple of days. I think a couple of the Blackhawks beat writers have been teasing. Yeah, there's a major announcement coming from the Blackhawks. And of course, I'm sure the Hawks fans are like, oh my God, is Stan Bowman going to be fired because his moves from the last few years have definitely not been that inspiring. So, I mean, here goes the letter. So we they... They said on their official Twitter account, we recently said goodbye to a pair of popular two-time champions and acquired some new players via trade and free agency. Of course, those are Corey Crawford and Brandon Saad. Corey Crawford going to the New Jersey Devils, Brandon Saad to the Colorado Avalanche. We understand it was tough to see those respected veterans go and realize you may have some questions about our direction. We'd like to address that direction and share why we're hopeful for the future of the Chicago Blackhawks. We're committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there, an effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent to complement our top players. The influx of, of youth and their progression will provide roster flexibility and depth throughout our lineup. I'm not going to read the last three paragraphs, but basically, yeah, they're starting their rebuild. I'm sure Hawks fans are not too pleased about this because they have Patrick Kane, they have Jonathan Taves still in their prime. Duncan Keith is still good, not what he used to be, and then Brent Seabrook is just lost at this point. But, you know, this all could have been avoided for the Blackhawks if they wouldn't have fucked up these last few years. And, you know, we could be saying the same thing for the Penguins here very, very soon because Jim Rutherford has not been good in these last few years with just, you know, the Jack Johnson signing to, you know, you can make claims that the Patrick Hornquister is bad, you know, the Cody CC uh, signing, Eric Goodbranson for Tanner Pearson, that Carl Hagelin trade that got Tanner Pearson in return, the Derek Broussard trade, which didn't work out, the Ryan Reeves trade, which was just a disaster from when, when it started. I mean, getting Jamie Alexiak, which was fine, and then trading Jamie Alexiak back for that pick that you traded him for. Again, very bad asset management from Rutherford. And, you know, this stuff is going to catch up to him soon, as it did for Stan Bowen with the Blackhawks, the Panarin trade. And then they traded Sod, and then they got him back. And then, you know, they had to trade Tevo Teravainen because they were paying, I think it was, what, Brian Bickle or something like that. And I think they also had to trade Nicholas Jalmerson, who was a really good defenseman for them as well. And, you know, these moves catch up to them. And because of all these bad moves from Stan Bowman, they have no depth outside of their top players. And they have some good young players in there in Debrinkit. Kubalik is going to be really good as well. Kirby Doc, I think, is going to be great too. But, you know, beyond that, I mean, Dylan Strom, I think, is all right too. But, I mean, beyond that, there's just not a lot there, like, depth-wise. And it, it's good that they're going to rebuild. I think it's best for their team. They're not going to be a Stanley Cup contender for the rest of the Kane and Tapes window. I think them winning another Stanley Cup is not likely to happen. But, you know... 
This is what you got to watch out for if you're a Penguins fan. There is going to be a day when Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle write this exact same message to the Penguins fan base. You know, yes, we know Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin are getting older, 37, 30, or something like that. We want, we just want to tell you what the direction of our team is. We're going to start rebuilding, trading off assets, getting younger. It's going to happen in the next few years. Hopefully, it happens by the time um, Crosby and Malkin are 40 or closer to it. But with the way Rutherford has been handling the signings and the um, the trades recently, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So you just got to hope that Rutherford starts making good moves that can extend the window. I mean, I, I just said, you don't want to reach that point like the Blackhawks did faster than what was necessary. Right now, you're looking at a two-year window for the Penguins until a lot of contracts are up. Chris Letang is up in a couple years. Evgeny Malkin only has a couple years left on his contract. I think Brian Rust is up that same year. Kasperi Kapanen is also up that same year. I think they have, all four of those players are up in two years, if I'm not mistaken. I can check their cap-friendly page pretty quick just to um, confirm. Let me load this up here for you guys just now, if my Mac is actually going to go here. So, yes, in the 2022-2023 offseason, Evgeny Malkin is a UFA. Brian Rust is a UFA. Sam Lafferty don't really care. Chris Atang is UFA. And then Kasperi Kapanen is an RFA. I actually had no idea that Kapanen would be an RFA after these next two years at $3.2 million per season. But, I mean, he's also only 24 right now. So, I guess it does make sense. So, yeah. This is this is the two-year window here for the Penguins. You have Sidney Crosby signed for five more years. Jake Gensel signed for four more. Jason Zucker, his contract is up a year after Evgeny Malkins is expired. Brandon Tanev goes until 2025-26. But like I said, I mean, you're, a lot of your core players for this team are up in two years. But the big thing that Rutherford needs to do here, extend the window. Stop making mistakes. Stop trading assets for bad players. You have to, can't mismanage your team as he's been doing these last couple seasons and as Dan Bowman did. And now they had to release a statement a lot sooner than it should have been considering Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are actually younger than Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. Kane is 31, Taves is 32. They're both signed for $10.5 million for the next three years. I mean, they don't have a lot of, like, big UFA contracts coming off the book soon. I mean, Dabrinkit is signed for a while. Kubelik is signed for the next couple years. Zach Smith comes off the books after next season. So does Matthias Janmark, who they just signed. But, I mean, there's just, I mean, Kirby Doc is going to get a lot of money. He's 19. Dylan Strom, of course. Duncan Keith is signed for three more years till 2024. So, right on point when uh, Taves and Kane. So, I mean, their window is really only for three more years. But, I mean, by the time they get to that point, they probably won't even have another Stanley Cup. And they're just going to be continuing to rebuild as Taves and Kane get into their uh, mid-30s and just slow down. So, I know that was a big ramble. I know if, if it didn't make a lot of sense, I apologize. But the big thing here for the Penguins is that what they should take away from this statement is you don't want to have this happening in the next two years when Malkin and Crosby are still going to be playing at a pretty high level. Is it going to be at the level that they played at in their peak years and in their prime years? Absolutely not. They're going to slow down at some point and stop producing at the level that they produced in the last couple of years. And then you're going to be, you have to be really careful with how you manage the cabin and you manage the team. But also, I don't really think Jim Rutherford is going to be here um, when those contracts expire. I would hope that Jim Rutherford is not here in the next couple of years. And I would also hope that he is not here for the Penguins' long rebuild, which is coming. And it is going to be a pretty painfully long rebuild, I would say. It's going to take a while for the Penguins to get good at it. You know, you got to hope that you just tank and maybe land another generational talent as they've done twice with Lemieux and Crosby. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that and make the comparison to the Penguins as, you know, just as a reminder that, hey, Jim, maybe you should start making good moves so you can get Crosby and Malkin another cup before they retire. Because right now, 
I'm not sure a lot of people see it. I don't know if I see it currently right now, but you know, there's still time going into next season. We'll see what moves he has up his sleeve, especially going into uh, next offseason as well, where you know it's it's going to be pretty interesting for the Penguins as Crosby Malkin will just continue to get older as Kane and Taves have. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. For this segment, like I said, we're just going to have a few mailbag questions to answer as well as go over a couple things. So before we get to the um, the mailbag questions, um, Chris Stang did post a tweet in an Instagram post today. Almost I thought he was traded when I first saw it. I just, my heart skipped a beat because it started out with my biggest moments in my career will live forever. And it was like, okay, did you get traded? But of course he was talking about Doc Emmerich. You know, he basically said, thank you for the conversations. Thank you for making hockey sound so graceful. Congratulations on a remarkable career. Basically put two of his Doc's best calls of Chris Letang's goals. And that was the game three overtime winner against the Washington Capitals in 2009, where Mellon Arena's roof was just blown off with how loud it was. And then of course, uh, his 2016 game six Stanley Cup final clincher um, to make it two to one against the San Jose Sharks with that amazing play by him in the offensive zone. And then Crosby was able to pass it to him and he beats Martin Jones. So that was a really cool post by Latang there. Like I said, my heart definitely skipped a beat when I first saw the post because I thought he was traded or something. But, you know, God forbid they ever do trade Chris Latang because uh, Penguins Twitter would melt in ways that we have never seen before, I think. So hopefully that day never comes. But back to some of the mailbag questions. We start with Alan T. Yoder, who is a frequent listener of the podcast. You know, Alan, thank you so much for always listening. He asks, who is your favorite all-time Penguin player that was not a star player? Like, no, Mario, Sid, Yager, Gino. That's a good question. You know, there's a lot of options that I would pick here. Um, but I'm honestly going to go with Chris Kunitz. I mean, I think that's a really good answer. Just like, you know, when he, he was acquired, no one expected him to play in the top six. I think a lot of people at the time like, oh, you know, just to throw in on that trade, you know, third line winger or something. He was elevated to that first line, and he, he produced – quite a bit over his tenure here. I know it went down as he got older, but he's still a Penguin hero, you know, with that 2017 Game 7 winner against the Ottawa Senators with that knuckle puck that went in over Craig Anderson. I always thought he was just underappreciated here in Pittsburgh. I mean, he had four straight seasons of 20 goals or more. His best season with Pittsburgh came in 2013-14. 35 goals, 68 points in 78 games. That was when he was playing top-line minutes with Crosby. The entire season, you know, the year before that, 22 goals. The year before that, 26 goals in 2011-12 when Crosby was basically out for that entire season. Then, you know, the production started to go down in 2014-15, but he was still a 40-point player. That's good bottom six production. And he was also just a great playmaker, too. I mean, you guys forget, I mean, of his 619 points, 351 assists. I mean, he could dish it out a lot better than a bunch of players in this league. And he was just, like I said, he was just a treat to watch. He was also good defensively. I thought he drove possession very well with the Crosby line. And he, when, whenever there was like a big goal to be had, or just a big play in general during a game, he was always there to make it. I mean, he also had the overtime winner against the Islanders in game three, when Marc-Andre Fleury nearly cost him that game with how he was barfing all over himself. I mean, he fully did in game four, which was when he was pulled officially for the rest of those playoffs. But you know, when a big moment, Came up during a game, Chris Kunitz was right there ready to seize it, and he did so plenty of times. So he will always go down as, I think, my favorite player that was not a star player from the Penguins franchise. I mean, especially during the Crosby-Malkin era. I mean, if you want me to go back during the Lemieux era or just any other era before that, I think my favorite Penguin player that wasn't a star player 
would be someone like Marty Straka. I know, guys, he had 257 goals, 717 points in 954 games, but, you know, he's not one of the Penguins, like, all-time franchise greats. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying him. But, yeah, definitely Straka. But, you know, my overall answer would be Chris Kunitz for that. So, thank you for that question. Our last question here comes from King Clarkey, who has always asked questions on the podcast before. It's only going to be a couple questions for this mailbag. Hopefully for the next mailbag that I do in a few weeks, months, whenever I do it next, will be a lot more. So he asks, what is your World Series prediction? So this is a tight one. Um, I'm going to go with Rays in seven. You know, I always like when, you know, a team like Tampa Bay that's not, you know, they don't have as much money as a team like the Dodgers, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, those kind of teams wins just because like, it shows you don't have to spend to the top every single year. And I really like the Rays roster. The Dodgers do what they normally do in the playoffs, especially when they get to the World Series. They lose. I'm going to go with the Rays in seven games. I know the Dodgers did come back from three games to one down against the Braves. I was pretty surprised that that happened, considering the Braves pitching was really good. But, you know, once they got past those two pitchers for those last few games, um, it just it was curtains. And the Dodgers hitters woke up, you know, Cody Bellinger hit that gorgeous home run, I think it was, in Game 7 to put them up top. And, you know, the Astros did the world a favor by beating the cheaters that are the Houston Astros. I don't think anyone wanted Houston to win outside of the city of Houston. So I'm glad that happened. So this should be a fun World Series, but King Clarkey, I'm going to go with the Rays in seven games. They will take their first ever World Series title. I think this is only their second World Series appearance. I think their last, their only one was in... 2011 if I'm not mistaken I think Joe Madden was the manager there and I try and remember who they lost to in the World Series it might have been the Giants but don't quote me on that I believe it was the San Francisco San Francisco Giants that they beat that they lost to in the World Series so that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast I really appreciate you guys listening to this we'll have another episode coming for you guys tomorrow so have a great rest of your day